You are listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 391. In this episode, I talked to Haley Thomas about how she became an activist and an entrepreneur at a young age and now empowers young people to live life lively. She is one of our keynote speakers at the Self-Made Summit in Reykjavik, Iceland in 2021. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today I speak with Haley Thomas. She is the youngest person to appear on The Sigrun Show, and I am proud to announce her as one of our keynote speakers at the Self-Made Summit in Reykjavik, Iceland in 2021. Haley's mission is to motivate and empower young people to prioritize self-care and pursue healthy and purpose-filled lives. At 19, she is an international speaker, activist, and CEO of her own nonprofit, Happy, which she founded when she was only 12 years old. She has been featured by Nowthis, BuzzFeed, and CNN, and has been highlighted in The O Magazine and Teen Woke. In this episode, we talk about her journey in becoming an activist and entrepreneur, and how she's empowering young people by living lively. Before we dive in, I want to talk to you about my brand new live workshop, How to Launch in the Next Normal. Launching is the foundation of my multiple seven-figure business, and I want to teach you how you can launch your own products and services to be successful in the next normal. Do you want to discover the tested and proven launch methods that work in any economy, even during a recession? In this live workshop, I am going to show you what you should and should not do to have your best launch yet. Go to the show notes at sick.com forward slash 391, where you can find information on how to sign up for the workshop, how to launch in the next normal, plus all the links to Haley Thomas and her newly released book, Living Lively. In the show notes, we also include a link to the Self-Made Summit so you can grab your ticket to see Haley Thomas live in Iceland next year. I am so excited and I, this is genuine. I am so excited to be here with Haley Thomas. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, thank you so much for happy, having me. I'm so happy to be here. We finally made it happen. Uh, this has been planned for a long time. And uh, it's been uh, coronavirus and other things have happened in the meantime. And that's why we postponed it. But also because we wanted to time this episode with the launch of your book. And now finally it's happening. I know. I, I'm so blown away and just... Despite all that's happened this year, you know, really grateful um, to be healthy and to have this this book coming out now. It's, it's really, really exciting. 
That's fabulous. I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, read it and see it and finally see it come to life. And before we dive into all of that with the book, Hailey, you are the youngest person I've interviewed on my podcast. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm honored. Thank you. And the reason we connected in the first place, and I need to tell my audience that, is I am planning my first big conference, Self-Made Summit in Reykjavik, Iceland. And it was supposed to happen this year. As we know, it's been postponed to next year. And I had, you know, a lot of speakers and most of the speakers I knew. But then I realized, you know, with my mission of accelerating gender equality through female entrepreneurship, I wanted to also see someone or have someone speak on the stage that was younger. And I went into a big Facebook group with lots of entrepreneurs, like 30,000 female entrepreneurs. And I asked, do you know anyone that is, you know, like a teenager or someone who is not 20 yet? And I got some suggestions. Some people suggested their own daughters. And I thought, well, that's not exactly what I meant. <laughs> and your name came up and I checked out your website and I thought, oh, you are amazing. And I reached out and we're going to make it happen. Yes. <laughs> it's actually so interesting um, because before you had reached out, I had done this thing where I was like setting up my new website and I had to test out the email functionality. And I've always wanted to visit Iceland and, and speak there, do something there. And so like in the tester email, I just said like, oh, speaking request for a keynote in Iceland. And then your email came through, like an actual request came through and I was so blown away. So I'm really happy that the connection happened. I'm so excited for, for next year for sure. But I thought that was so amazing how that happened. Well, it just shows you that if you know what you want, you're more likely to get it. Yeah, for sure. It'll find you. <laughs> yeah. So my audience probably doesn't know you, even though this person recommended you and I found you. Uh, that's why we need to dive into your story and, uh, you know, learn a little bit more about you and make people excited about actually seeing you on stage next year in uh, Iceland. Um, so tell us a bit about, you know, how come you have achieved so much in so little time? Who is Haley? I think there's definitely a lot to, to me as there is a lot to everyone, right? But I think really what has allowed me to fully step into who I want to be and how I want to contribute to the world is really rooted in, you know, how I've grown up, but also the freedom that I've had within that experience. So my parents have always really instilled in me, you know, the power and value of my voice. So ever since I was super little, you know, my parents would have deep conversations with their friends and everything. And I wasn't told to like go and play somewhere. I was welcomed into that conversation if I wanted to listen or if I had anything to say. And so just being in that environment from a really young age and kind of seeing adults value my opinion and voice really made me feel very secure in that um, from an early age. And then to have also my parents be really supportive of me um, exploring anything that I wanted to and, and encouraging that was really great. Like they never 
really forced any blueprint on me or any box onto me. They never said like, you have to do this in order for me to be proud of you, or this is the only way we'll support you. It was more so like, see where your creativity and your heart goes and will support you that way. And so um, those things have really been the foundation of my life and have shaped my mindset and the ways that I approach myself as well. And so having that has been such a blessing and to be able to just continue to grow myself off of that foundation has been um, definitely a really interesting journey because of course, you know, we're not only influenced by, you know, our little bubble at home, but also so the world. And so it's been sometimes a battle of kind of balancing all the external expectations and perceptions or the stereotypes, and then this internal nurturing that was happening uh, within my own family. So I think really from there is, is kind of what's shaped me. And then um, in terms of getting into my advocacy, we can definitely talk about that more and, and what really sparked that. Yeah, what I also feel that I got instilled this belief from my parents, I could do anything But then I also tell the story that I was nine years old when there was a female president being elected in Iceland. So were there any outside forces, let's say, or role models that also you feel have shaped you? Absolutely. I've always been around really incredible women um, in my immediate life. Like I've been able to have role models that I can really relate to and see myself within. So instead of it being, you know, celebrities or quote unquote, like public figures, I've really had tangible examples of people who are making a difference in their communities and also want to, you know, bring me under their wing to learn from them. So I've been really appreciative of that. And that has definitely just continuously inspired me and motivated me because, you know, I look to this person in my community, I see the change that they're making, I see the ways that they're, you know, creating their own business or their own movements. And that to me is just really powerful. So I've definitely been super grateful to just have awesome women of all kinds of backgrounds and ages to really guide me and, and teach me so much, whether that's like through one conversation or through, you know, years of, of getting to know each other. So yeah, that's been awesome. Is there any specific moment that changed you in a way that now you look at yourself as a You said advocate, uh, even an activist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that it was really, you know, when I really got started, um, my dad, he was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and I was around eight or nine years old. And when he was diagnosed, um, our family started to kind of look for alternatives to the medication because what he was prescribed had unbelievable side effects that, you know, only sounded like it was going to cause more uh, chronic illnesses and just complications. So we looked into food and healing through that route. And as a family, you know, we started watching food documentaries and reading together and cooking together and all of that. I was so involved in this process of healing my dad and it was so deeply rooted in love and learning together and vulnerability in many ways. And through that, you know, I learned the power of food, but also the power of community and kind of coming together through this one unified intention. And um, through that entire process, which was like about a year, we were able to completely reverse my dad's condition without the use of medication. And so I was very inspired and, and empowered by all that I had learned. And I realized, you know, how much we could become leaders in our own lives through what we put into our bodies. And I felt it was ridiculous that kids weren't learning about this. My friends had no idea about it. And, you know, in our physical education class, 
athletes at school, all we learned was like how to run laps, but nothing else connected to health and well-being. So I just kind of noticed this, this gap in the world. And again, based on how I was raised, I was like, okay, so what do I do about it then? Like, and, and that's really what sparked everything and eventually getting to share my story and just how important it is for young people to be involved in their health and wellness and the health and well-being of their families and their community. And over time, it just kind of built and expanded as I started to expand and learn and grow as, as an individual. So now, you know, my focus is so much more holistic than it was before. You know, primarily I was focusing on food as a little kid. And then eventually as I'm realizing that there are so many different elements to our well-being, um, our mindset, our emotions, the ways that we speak to ourselves and others, all of those things, how we tap into creativity and how we're fulfilled, that is all a part of our well-being. So getting to experience many different things that have kind of shown me that those things also um, require prioritization and nurturing um, was a big, big shift in just my messaging and really enriched my intention behind everything that I do. So it's definitely been a, a very organic journey, which I've really appreciated. It's all kind of unfolded in a way that's felt really like me, you know, it's felt really authentic and I'm, I'm super grateful for that. So what happened that caught attention of, of, of national media or, or, you know, you are here at home with your family and your father and, and you are eight, nine years old. Like at what age did other people notice outside your immediate community what you were doing? Yeah. So when I was around 10 years old, I started to, you know, after my dad's um, condition was reversed, I spent a year just like trying to figure out how I could do something. And my mom and I would do a lot of research on different um, advisory boards, maybe that I could join or like organizations I could help out with. And so I joined the youth advisory board for the Alliance for a Healthier Generation, which is um, a nonprofit here in the US that at the time had a board of kids from all over the country who wanted to talk about health and wellness in their communities. So joining that board really, you know, was like the, the first domino to, to drop in terms of creating, you know, everything that's happened now. And so through that, I got like training on what was happening in the world, how I could best show up in my community. And then just as that organization got to know me, they kind of thought they saw some type of potential in me to be a speaker or to just present on my experiences. And that's when I got my first speaking engagement. And that was at this pretty big um, health conference in Washington, D.C. And I spoke there and that truly was like the launch pad for everything because there were lots of um, corporate leaders there. There were lots of people in the health and wellness space there. That's when I first met um, First Lady Michelle Obama, former First Lady Michelle Obama, and um, a bunch of like incredible chefs that I had always grown up watching on like Food Network and everything. And so being exposed to that world very quickly with my first speaking engagement really opened up a lot of doors and just through each event, you know, I was able to get my message out to more people and that awareness of me and, and what I was doing just kind of grew from there. How old were you with your first speaking engagement? Yeah, I was 10. 10. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I also, <laughs> in terms of speaking, you know, I... I never thought of myself as like being able to do a speech. I, it wasn't just never really in my 
sphere. I don't think any little kid is thinking, you know, I'm going to be a public speaker. Maybe now because that's, you know, a thing that you really see as a career path. But, you know, when I was super little, my parents actually would bring me with them to poetry clubs. And I remember, um, I guess I was just, you know, sitting and watching people perform. And eventually I wanted to perform like Itsy Bitsy Spider and they let me do it. I was like three and, and they let me do it. And so I think, in many ways, I've seen in my life how this kind of makes sense now that this is what I do. Um, I used to love acting when I was little and getting to do like school plays and everything. But to do something so purposeful in which I'm sharing my voice through such a personal and you know intentional way is really, really special. And it was so cool to be trusted to do that at, at a young age, you know. So at age of 10, you're doing your first speaking engagement. You're meeting uh, the former first lady what happened as a result uh, like immediately after that and 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 what led you to actually doing uh, uh, education and nutrition yeah so after that first event um i actually met some people from hyatt hotels they were listening to my speech and everything I was saying about, you know, kids being involved in, in their well-being. And um, they wanted to basically partner with me to completely renovate their kids' menus that were served in like hotels all across the, the country and in the Caribbean. And so after that, um, you know, I did other speaking engagements, but I was really the major partnership that also kind of put me in the media and everything because we worked together for like two or three years building this kids menu that was for kids by kids it was interactive a lot of healthier options more sophisticated options and um, through doing that you know I got so much experience with just what that partnership kind of thing was like and also you know getting to speak on national tv it was the first time I went on like the today show and all sorts of different you know podcasts interviews and local news stations and through that experience you know I was having so much fun and um, really the first few years of my journey was a lot of very big events actually lots of like you know high profile people and getting to just be in these spaces that were super cool but I started to realize that in a way I was losing the ability to really make an impact in the ways that I had originally intended to like it was great to have an audience to speak to but I didn't know how tangible, you know, my impact was at the time, like beyond me speaking, how are people making changes and based on, you know, what I had exposed them to. So that's when my mom and I really started brainstorming about my nonprofit HAPPY, um, which stands for Healthy, Active, Positive, Purposeful Youth. And so we just started talking about like ways we could really get into the community, talk to kids, like that's what I wanted to do from, from the beginning was to educate my peers in a way that was really fun and engaging. And so really having so much of an experience within that external world really um, compelled me to look into how I could be more community centered as well. And so that's really where that element came in. And then at some point you decided you're going to really learn this instead of, you know, do testing and figuring things out that you became one of the youngest, uh, nutrition coaches in the, I guess, at least the United States, but possibly the world. So what made you think you needed an education when you were so well self-taught already? Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely learned a lot from, you know, documentaries and researching and books and everything. But I did get a lot of comments from adults who call themselves experts in the health space and people who just thought that 
obviously like, oh, like a little kid can't teach me anything or there's no way you know what you're talking about type of thing. And so originally, you know, I felt like I needed to get some type of certification in order to validate myself, um, you know, externally, have that external validation of what I was offering. But then I started to realize that it was important for me just to have this background and to really have this perspective that is holistic. And that's really what I started to learn about through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, which is where I got my certification. Um, their entire curriculum was based on expanding the, the definition of wellness and helping people, their students understand all the interconnected pieces of it. So I'm so grateful that I did it and that they, they let me into the school um, and allowed me to do it, you know, based on everything I was working on. And just having that experience really opened up the work that we do today. So at first, the intention behind it was really just to make people stop criticizing so much. And, you know, people were saying things that were really unkind at one point, but eventually I realized this was something that I absolutely needed to do for myself and was really helping me enrich the ways that I, you know, spread this information and also just my inner knowledge as well. So, yeah. And, and after you got, you were 16 when you graduated from IIN, what, what has then changed for you after that? Now you were more confident, I assume, with your education and your ability to speak uh, you had lots of experience, already six years of speaking uh, experience. What happened as a result of that? As a result of going through IIN, I feel like I was able to really, in terms of the nonprofit, really be able to just infuse this whole other element of expertise into uh, our programming. And it was just, it kind of helped us really streamline everything that we were spreading, everything we were sharing with the kids and having them learn about. And, um, you know, to this day, it's still helping us expand on our messaging. Like for instance, we um, in the past two years have really been working on talking about self-care and mental health as a part of our work, because for so long it's been very much focused on just nutrition education and cooking. So we actually, just a few weeks ago, uh, held some virtual summer camps on self-care. So it was super cool to apply all those things that I had learned and from, you know, IIN and also just through my own experiences into a curriculum for, you know, eight to 12 year olds to, to learn about this. So it was super fun. We did all sorts of awesome activities. Like we had the kids make affirmation jars and make their own like emotion potions, which is like a, you know, an emotional toolkit to lift their spirits and mood and so the whole point of the camp was really to have them feel empowered and you know have this um, set of tools that they can refer to if they're feeling anxious or you know upset about everything that's happening in the world and so that they can understand that those things that they're feeling are, are normal and that they also have the power to control so much of how they react to these situations as well. So it was really that balance of like, yes, you know, the stuff, everything going on is very real, but also, you know, there's a lot of power within you to shape how you perceive that experience and how you handle any challenges. So um, that was super fun to get to do that. And we're very excited about just building on it. But yeah, it's definitely just shaped my personal perspective and, and the ways that we do our work and, and how we really try to make it inclusive of all the things that really impact us and as human beings. So I'm just so grateful for that education, the way that it opened my eyes. And it's a huge influence on, on my book, Living Lively as well. So yeah, it's definitely changed my life for sure. 
yeah, we're going to shortly come into the book and, and, and what else we can learn from you. But you worked also with Michelle Obama. How did that come about? Yeah, so getting to um, interact with her and, and introduce her um, at the Kid State Dinner in, I think this was 2014, um, all those things, again, they just kind of connect with each other. Like the first time I, I met her, you know, that was one touch point and I got to briefly just share about like everything I was working on and, and wanted to do. And again, that was when I first started. And then through that, um, I was invited to like walk her down her plane steps when she came to visit my hometown, which at the time was Tucson, Arizona. And that was unbelievable. And then um, just different experiences here and there, getting invited to like sit at her box at the State of the Union. And um, all the interactions we've had have been kind of short, like a couple of minutes. But, um, you know, each time I felt just very much supported and, and uplifted and encouraged. And that's been a really, really awesome thing. So, yeah, it's, it was definitely very surreal each and every time. I bet. I bet. And also her mission was to get kids to eat healthier. So I guess you had an alignment in both your missions together. Yeah, very much aligned. And a big piece of her, you know, movement was also just to have kids like, you know, be advocates for, for that. And so it was really cool to have so many young voices on the front lines, like pushing her um, Let's Move initiative and, and the messaging behind that. So coming to your book, you you have been sharing a lot online and, you know, speaking obviously now for several years. Mm -hmm. Did you feel you had to write a book or did someone ask you to write a book? No, I've always wanted to write a book. Like when I was really, really little, I would always write like these novels. They were not at all like related to anything um, real. They were all very much like fantasy and, and sci-fi and everything. But I've just always um, loved that kind of creative outlet and, and getting to express myself in that way. So I, I knew that I wanted to have a book one day, but I didn't know, you know, how it would manifest. And for the book that I have now, um, I think like towards end of 2017, I was really starting to realize that I had something to say and I, I wanted to package it into a book. It just kind of um, hit me as like the right time, I guess. Um, I just started thinking about it a lot and I had some drafts of like things that I'd worked on, uh, you know, for a few years, just ideas that I would pull here and there. And at first I wasn't sure if I wanted it to be a cookbook um, entirely because I feel like my work has definitely gone beyond just the food space at this point, but I thought, you know, it was really important to bridge the gap between, you know, traditional self-growth and traditional, you know, uh, wellness in terms of, you know, food and, and movement and all of that, and just really bring it together and kind of create something that feels like, in a way, like a human 101 guide from the perspective of a young person. So that's exactly what Living Lively is. And, you know, for the past two years, it's been in development. 2018 was all like spending eight months writing a proposal and then pitching it and having it like, you know, go for auction and all of these things. It was such an exciting and new experience. And then last year was just writing and taking photos and planning travel and interviews and all sorts of just craziness. It was such a busy year last year um, doing that and juggling speaking and traveling and, you know, happy programs and everything. And, you know, I think it's really interesting actually how I feel like when you're writing something like this, it, it seems like life almost presents you with the opportunities to get to know the subject even, even deeper and even better. And that's what I definitely noticed, um, especially in regards to like the messaging around self-care and, 
your thoughts and your mindset. I was struggling with that so much during, you know, 2019 and really finding a balance and feeling healthy in those ways. And through me kind of going through those challenges of juggling everything and just not necessarily feeling 100% there, um, I was able to find tools that I could incorporate into Living Lively that were really helpful for me during those times. So um, it was super cool to just I mean, in hindsight, it's super cool to have had that experience. It was definitely very uh, frustrating at the time to like be writing this super positive book, but also having, you know, some internal challenges and trying to make everything move and work according to deadlines and all things that, you know, have been planned and scheduled for so long. So it was um, a challenge, but something I'm just so grateful for and, you know, to have Living Lively really focus on, you know, our internal health, our spiritual, mental, you know, emotional health, and the ways that we feel joyful through what we're eating, you know, whether that's emotionally or physically. Um, this is super cool. And I also feature, you know, five amazing young women who are also doing incredible things in the world and are activating their power through, you know, different areas. And that's just another really great thing. I just wanted the book to feel really relatable and for everyone's stories, including my own, to speak to someone. And I think that um, we were able to achieve that. So I'm just very anxious, but in a great way to like, see how everyone reacts to it and, and you know, what the impact is. I'm excited. I'm excited for you. And I can see that you are, uh, you know, excited, a little bit nervous, you know, it's, it's a, a brand new thing. Uh, and I think everyone will feel the same, whatever age they are when their first books comes out. But, you know, uh, if someone is listening, they are a young entrepreneur and uh, they're thinking like, okay, she's doing all this activism, she's bringing out a book. How does he make money? How do you actually kind of, is this a business or is this a nonprofit and how does that actually work? Yeah. So um, when I started out, I definitely did not think that money could ever be a part of any of this. I did not think of it as like a career path at all. Um, but, you know, as I started to just like get better at what I do and, and really feel comfortable within it, opportunities started opening up. So for the nonprofit, um, it is like a 501c3 and we get our funding through corporate partnerships and donations from people in the community or other groups, whatever it may be. And so um, that's really how we stay afloat and how all of our programs run. And then for me personally, the ways that I make my money are through like brand partnerships, through speaking, through like this book obviously is, is a, is a form of income. So really been the main ways that, um, you know, my career has been able to bring some abundance into my life. And I've been really, really grateful for that because again, it was very much unexpected. I did not think that any of this could, could do that, especially because that's just not the mindset that I went into it with at all. Like, how can I profit off of this? It would just kind of float in um, organically. So I think that's one thing that I've, it's been really cool to see just how, like when you follow that intention and that purpose behind what you're doing and you really focus on that, all else that you need just kind of follows suit. So it's been really, really awesome to experience that. Yeah. So basically the end consumer, let's say the children in this case, they don't pay anything. No, no, no. It is someone else <laughs> funding it. Yeah. 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 It's just, you know, it is a nonprofit, but still you make enough money that there is an abundance in your life. And that's, that's important too. You know, we, we all need something to live from. So what do you see happening next? You know, the world has changed pretty a lot. This yeah. Year. 
I, I guess you have not been traveling a lot uh, for speaking engagements. Uh, things have been postponed, like the conference, uh, Self-Made Summit, and probably all your other speaking uh, uh, arrangements. And then we've had, you know, we've had Corona. We we are heading, or we are in a recession, and it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. And then we had the whole, you know, Black Lives Matter. Like, what has this year changed for you, and how do you see this change, what do you do in the future? I think this year has really, it's just, it's definitely taken us through so much. And I feel like I've gone through so many different, it feels like there have been many years in this one year. And in, in a lot of ways, I feel like I've been just going through so many different emotions and, you know, perceptions on everything that's happening. But I've kind of come to this place of really being grateful for how I've been able to learn more about acceptance and also just detachment from kind of the outcome or worrying so much about the future, like the far future. Um, you know, so much has just been shaken up and there's incredible uncertainty with not only this year, but many years to come. And we've never really faced this feeling, even though in a lot of ways, our lives have always been like this. You know, we don't truly have um, that much control on what happens um, on a mass scale and even individually what happens around us. And it's really just kind of forced me to tune into how I can, you know, tap into my own power just through how I react and respond and what I put out into the world or how I, you know, choose to prioritize, you know, time to myself and kind of observing everything rather than feeling like I always have to react to what's happening as well. So it's just really taught me um, patience and, and not being so anxious, surprisingly, about the future. I'm just kind of letting it unfold and, and I'll see what I do with it when it, when it arrives. And that has been really freeing, actually, because I definitely, um, you know, in the past would always kind of be anticipating so many different things and focused on the future a lot more. And so now I've been able to be so much more present, which has really been a great thing. And I think it's so strange to feel like, you know, you're growing and changing in a time that is just so devastating for so many of us. And I think, you know, for those of us who have the privilege of like being safe and, you know, having food and shelter and all of that, like doing inner work and really figuring out how we can be better humans to, and support our, you know, our collective is, is so important because we have that time and that space to do so. So I've really been diving into that and just figuring out like how I can really show up as my fullest self and, and provide things that can help others really do the same. Yeah. Very wise words from a very young person. Thank you, Haley. Who is the book for? You know, like what age group or who, who is really the ideal client for the book? Um, well, the book is written, of course, through a youth perspective. So I definitely, um, you know, have a voice of, of my peers and, and want to connect with them. But I've also really settled on kind of this feeling of the book will reach whoever it may need to reach and that it will impact anyone who needs to hear those messages. So I think that it's really something that, again, everyone can relate to because in the book we're talking about so many just generically human, um, you know, challenges or elements. And through that, I, I want to be able to, you know, hopefully just reach who I need to reach. And, and that's definitely the intention behind it. So of course, young people, because I, I really want this information to be out there to kind of 
again, give us this, this sense of empowerment and like we have a toolkit or, you know, a hand to hold on this journey of growing up. And I know that through us having, you know, more information on health and well-being through this holistic perspective will definitely shape our future in a really positive way. And not only through, you know, what I'm putting out, but also the work of so many other people, just being able to grow up with this awareness is going to have us enter the world when we're really, really in control of what's going on with just a, a more compassionate perspective. And I'm so excited about that and about being able to contribute in that way. But yeah, this book is for any and everyone who resonates with it. And I, I definitely um, am just super excited to see who does and the diversity of those who read and enjoy it because I feel like my um, community, whether that's online or offline, has always been very you know um, multi-generational and it's been super cool to just see people of all ages and backgrounds connecting on these topics and these life experiences that I have and that we all share. So um, I think that's definitely what's going to be the outcome of, of the book is just having a community very much like what I have in, in my own life. Yeah. Haley, it's been wonderful to hear from you, your story and how it's all come together organically for you. What is the best way for people to follow you online and uh, get the book? Yes. So you can follow me and my work um, by visiting my website, HaleyVThomas.com. And there I have information on how to purchase my book, Living Lively, but also ways to learn more about my nonprofit, Happy. Um, and you can either follow links on my website there or visit our website at thehappyorg.org. And on social media, I'm at Haley Thomas and at the Happy Org for the nonprofit. Wonderful. We'll put it all in the show notes so people will find the links there. Thank you so much for joining the show, Haley. It's been a pleasure. Yes, likewise. Thank you so much for having me. And I cannot wait to see you on stage giving keynotes at the Self-Made Summit, Reykjavik, Iceland, June 2021. Yes, me too. It's going to be amazing. Go to the show notes at signal.com forward slash 391 where you can find out how to sign up for the upcoming workshop, how to launch in the next normal, plus all the links to Haley Thomas and her newly released book, Living Lively. In the show notes, you'll also find a link to the Self-Made Summit so you can grab your ticket to see Haley Thomas live in Iceland next year. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know that you listened by tagging me in your Insta story or Instagram post using my handle SigrunCom and the hashtag SigrunShow. See you in the next episode.